Okay. Shh. Well, welcome to the family meeting. Um, so, what we do in these meetings, generally speaking, is try and look back a bit, um, give thanks for what God has done, and uh, uh, updates, information, try and just be as kind of communicative as possible. Uh, we've got time that we don't have on a Sunday to do this kind of thing, so we just try and make the most of that. And then look forward to, in terms of what we're believing God for, praying for, looking to God for. So that's, that's how these things work, and that's, that's roughly how we'll go about it this evening. I'm going to open in prayer, and then straight after that we're going to have a, a cap and a food bank update, which would be great just to hear some of the things that are going on there. So let's just uh, gather, join in our hearts to God together. Father, thank you for the provision of this building. Just bless you, Lord, for the guys here, we pray. Lord, uh, we thank you for the congregation of St. Luke's. We ask for your ongoing favour and blessing on those guys, Lord, as they look to reach this area for Jesus as we are, Lord God. We bless you for their generosity to us. Lord God, we thank you for this uh, venue tonight. We thank you for a time together together. And Lord, I guess the reason I'm praying at the start is because um, you can make it something that none of us could ever make it just by effort, Lord. You can make it something by grace. You can, you can make it something by, by your touch. So I just want to pray, Lord, that you would, your, your touch would be on our time together. It would be filled, pray, with your presence and with just your kingdom and, and your life. Pray for that, Lord. We just, we just say that, Jesus, we gather together as a community because you've drawn us together. And uh, we want to honour you in that and put you first in that. And we just say, Lord Jesus, be preeminent in all that we talk about and do tonight. We pray. We honour you here. Um, your presence here by the Holy Spirit we pray Lord just touch our hearts and our lives especially in Jesus name Amen Amen okay we're going to invite up first of all Ollie and Sally Deacon of Mercy Ministries, uh, um, and I'm sure none of you need uh, kind of being told that it's very clear right through the Bible that God tells us to love the poor, and in fact, He tells us, uh, the Bible tells us that in loving the poor, we demonstrate that in some sense we we know Him. When we come to know Him, uh, our hearts are changed in terms of how we we relate to other people particularly in terms of our, our kind of urge to love and serve the needy around us. And so as a result, we've got all sorts of things which we call mercy ministries, one of which is CAP, which has been through quite a transition uh, recently with uh, Nicola moving on and, uh, and Sally kind of taking up the mantle, which I think has, it was just happening at the last, it just happened the last uh, uh, family meeting. And Sally has been doing a fantastic job um, in, 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 in just doing the, the day-to-day work at CAP um, and uh, you've got some stories, I think, yeah. to share with us. So go ahead. Go on, um, do you know what? I really don't know where to start. Um, only than saying thank you, everybody, for letting me do CAP because it's real blessing. It is such a blessing. And it's such a privilege to go into people's homes. And so far, I've seen up to six clients, and I'm fully booked until the end of April. 
every week. Um, so basically, at the moment, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. We've had some of the uh, some of the guys that I've met up with, some of the clients that I've met up with, come to church. They've become a Christian. They've come to parties. They come to the party in their home. And now they're looking to want to meet more of you guys and go around to people's houses for dinner. And I'm looking for ways of integrating more of a network into their life. For example, I met a guy last week, last Monday. I'm just looking for Tom, actually. Is he here? Um, not Tom, sorry, Ted. No, Ted. But okay, basically, Ted was a friend with me last week. We went to see a, an amazing guy. He's in his 70s. And. Um, Bless him, he never had visitors. And it was a real privilege to go into his home, spend time with him. And one of the things that I can't thank God enough for is I always start with prayer. And as soon as we start with prayer, it's like something happens, you know, like God just oozes out this love. And straight away, when we started praying, um, we went to give him a hug and he just didn't let go. And so it's the first proper hug I've had for years. Um, his partner uh, um, passed away, so he was a very lonely guy and he was just glad of the company, glad of help with his debts as well. And uh, he's, just, he's just a lovely man. I can't wait for you all to meet him. And uh, I've got another, another client that I'm meeting up with as well. Um, she's got children, meeting up with her, she's amazing. She's been having problems for about a good 10 to 15 years financial problem, and now this breakthrough in her life. What you've got to remember is when we're going into people's homes like this, we're bringing in light, not just into the finance situation, but into their whole well-being, into their lives. It's just amazing. If you want to be a part of it, come and visit with me, because it's just a privilege. And uh, basically this lady, she um, has also got a mum as well, and we had the privilege to go and see mum on the Christmas day and take some presents around there and spend some time with her. And she also wants to come to church as well. So that's her daughter. The daughter, uh, the daughter and the children are wanting to come to church, and the mum as well. And on top of that, the mum's got a carer who's also a friend from many years ago. I was talking about church. She said, I want to come as well. So it's crazy because I'm thinking, and I thought this in my head, we need a bigger car. We're going to need a bigger car. But that was Christmas Day. Then two days after Christmas Day, we met up with a fam um, somebody in the family who have got a bigger car. And they said, we thought we were going to have a bigger family, but we're not. And I've got this big car, and I want to give it to you. Can we swap? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, how crazy is that? I haven't even prayed about it yet. They're providing, you know? So, yeah, there's going to be a big car going around, coming to church, and we're going to be able to pick up from these guys. But as much as I've got a great relationship with them, and the befrienders are doing really well with the relationship building, I do need you guys in it as well. So when they come in, I'm really looking for you to sort of, you know, welcome in and because they feel welcome and I want it to be extended into their life. And, um, and it's not me, it's Jesus. 
they've had a taste of Jesus and they're going to get a bigger taste of Jesus when they all start coming to Rev. And I believe that they all will do. So thank you for the amazing things that you're doing. Oh, and one more story. <laughs> I'm really trying hard here. <laughs> one more story. You know we were doing the Christmas hampers. Well, thank you everybody for that because it's, it's been a real blessing in their lives. But there's one Christmas hamper that we could make for a family. They've got six children. They've never been to the cinema together before. And we were able to get some cinema tickets. Wow. And at Christmas, they could go to the cinema together, all six of them. Right. And that's because of all you guys. So well done. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you for supporting me in it, because it's amazing. And I love my job. Thank you. <laughs> good if we just pray for Sally now and for the work of Cap. So if you want to stretch out a hand, I'll just pray. Dear Father, we just, uh, we praise you for the work that you are doing in Cap, how you are coming, uh, how Sally is taking the good news with uh, befrienders into people's homes and uh, bringing hope to their debt and also hope of uh, the message of Christ. And Lord, we just pray that you continue to bless this ministry. Lord, we pray that you would fall on Sally and her team uh, in a powerful way so that um, they would see more and more people come to know you. Lord, we pray for the, the existing clients that haven't yet come to know you. Lord, we pray that they would meet you. Lord, we pray for... Um, future clients and people when they come along Lord we pray that you would help us to be attentive to them and to be responsive and and welcoming so just bless this ministry we commit it to you in Jesus name meeting was just taking over as visionary leader of the food bank so yeah over to you okay great um so the general message of food bank is that it's it's awesome um i think people who've been doing the food bank it's running every saturday people have been there really getting the buzz i think over the last few weeks um and i think it's been so it's been open since april so we've still actually not been open for a year yet and it's crazy to think actually what we've achieved and i think for me personally, the main message is just a sort of a lesson about how above and beyond my understanding God is. Um, because to be perfectly honest, like, I partly still don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, and I think it's fair to say some of the other uh, GC members also didn't really know what, what we were doing, what we let ourselves in for. Um, we, were in, we were an incredibly small GC. Um, and yeah, and we, yeah, but just God's just worked through it in so many different ways. Um, I've not actually checked this out, Simon, but I think there was some sort of prophecy about not, um, like, not worrying about that we've got enough food and stuff, um, and that has totally been the case, like, particularly in the last couple of months, we're just having people turn up giving food, um, the Royal Free Hosp- Hospital have recently just started to, like, regularly give us food, um, the, with the Waitrose weekends, they initially came to us and said, we want to offer you these two weekends, and we were like, okay, we'll take, like, one day of one of the weekends they're like no sorry it's, it's all or nothing so at a stretch we sort of thought okay we'll try it and um and we managed and we actually collected 160 bags full of food which is actually sort of three quarters of a ton in terms of weight 
Um, we have actually given out over a ton of food. Um, and I think in the next couple of weeks, we'll probably hit the 200 person mark in terms of how many people we've actually fed. Um, so it's really just, yeah, just absolutely incredible. Um, and, and I think also just the way God works through each Saturday as well. I think this weekend the guys couldn't get into the main church hall, so we actually actually set up in the sort of foyer bit, just up the stairs, um, which which obviously isn't isn't ideal. And it was our busiest weekend. I think we had sort of eight or nine people turn up, ten people turn up. Um, but God was really gracious. He staggered the, the arrivals. We got time. They got time to chat to people. So I've got opportunity to pray with people, um, and and we fed. You know, we fed guys who were hungry, which is you know what we're there to do as well. So it's yeah, it's it's just great. Um, and and also Sally, who we all know is amazing. She's been great as well, being in the office, being able to respond to emails and visit people as well. Um, and, and Vanessa as well has been fantastic. Just even tonight, just said, oh, I found a tweet on. Uh, budgets want to get rid of some food quite regularly so you know that's another area we've got food coming in um so yeah i suppose the next thing is where we want to go um and like i think just generally just get bigger and grow i mean we're feeding we're seeing sort of maybe between well sometimes one or two people sometimes eight or nine people a week but i think there's you know there's still more people that we need to reach there's still more people who are going hungry um, so we want to grow and, and see more people and get more opportunities to pray with people. Um, with that comes a need to actually get more volunteers, and um, that is something that we're, we really need to push into, really. We're at our, really, I think we're probably at our maximum in terms of volunteers to people coming, because we want to obviously make sure that people feel welcomed, um, but if we tend to get, if we start to get 15, 20 people coming in, um, it's going to feel a little bit tight, so actually we do need volunteers coming in. Um, we're also, I think, going to look into trying to pair up, partner up with other churches. Um, I know that guys here at St Luke's wanted to get involved, and we've had a couple of other churches who have been giving us food who have shown interest in volunteering. And I think generally, when there's such a general perception of actually like a lot of friction and disconnection amongst churches, I think we've got a real opportunity there to show some unity uh, within the community and show that we're, we're all serving the same God. I think that would be a really great opportunity, something we want to push into more. Mm. Um, I think with that and the general growing as well, probably the biggest challenge is, is trying to be a bit more... Um, I think we're going to need to develop maturity and, and wisdom like way beyond our experience and our age as well. Um, I think both in terms of the personal social relationships, actually meeting somebody... On, on a Saturday, actually, people are coming in distress. There's a lot that they're bringing, managing to contain that, managing to support them and, and show them Jesus in that situation is, is, is a lot. Um, but also, as we grow, we are becoming a food bank and knowing what that means as something that's slightly different to a bunch of Christians who want to do something good um, and, and trying to get that, make sure that both are, are held together, I think is going to be a massive challenge. Um, uh, but looking at what God's done with us already... Uh, you know, I've got no doubt that it's not going to be a problem for him. Um, so, yeah, I think that's wow. I think that's pretty much. Right. Okay.
I was just going to give a couple of examples from uh, Food Bank just so you can understand some of the situation. So, uh, just from Saturday, just gone. So, one guy came, um, he had an unfortunate situation. He was elderly, about 70, but he'd lost his home at kind of very short notice because of family issues. Um, and, you know, we provided food with him and I actually had to go and see him yesterday in his hostel where he was. And I, it, just, it was just a real stark. Uh, reminder of you know of what we're doing. I, I went into his room. It was kind of like six foot square brick room, just a bed, one suitcase, and then he had all the food bank tins lined up on the windowsill, and that was that was all he had. Um, but yet yeah, he was just so overwhelmed, you know, by just I guess just the kindness shown to him on the Saturday, and he was just so proud, you know, of the food on the shelf, and, and just couldn't stop, you know, saying thank you. Um, and it was it was really great, and um, you know we had a, a great discussion about Jesus again at the hostel. But so it's just it's making a, just a, a radical impact on these people's lives. That to us, it, you don't imagine that people are living like that, but they really are. Um, and another quick example from someone who came on Saturday that equally had you know quite a tragic background, and we gave them their food and we got to pray with them, and and they just said thank you so much, and they said uh, kind of it's all right, you know. It's, come back again. He said, no, no, I don't mind about the food. He just said, it's the first time in many years that anyone's ever been kind to me or ever spoke to me. Um, and so, a bit like Cap, you know, we're providing a service, but there's just incredible things that are going on beyond that, and it's just an, an, an amazing privilege to be able to, you know, share Jesus and to practically love these people. And, uh, you know, there's a big need out there, so as, as Ruth said, it would be great to get involved. You know, if you want to just get the opportunity to talk about Jesus, then come along to Capital Food Bank because it's just such a brilliant, brilliant privilege. Um, I thought if you volunteer at Cap or the Food Bank, you can just stand up and then people around can just we can just lay hands on them. Uh, so if you want to stand up now, and uh, great, great. And if the guys around them, you could just lay hands. And, uh, we'll just spend a minute praying. Yeah, so Heavenly Father, we ask that you uh, bless these ministries, Lord. Bless these uh, the guys that are volunteering. Uh, may the Spirit fall upon them. And uh, yeah, just be with us as we go forward. Amen. 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 All right, we're going to uh, change gear a little bit. I'm going to communicate uh, changes, many changes that are afoot in uh, Deaconville. Um, st- <laughs> starting uh, with uh, Dave, you don't have to, Dave, just stand up for a second in case people don't know who you are. Dave Smith, that's you. That's you. So Dave has been faithfully serving as a deacon um, in integration for the last few months. Um, he's now decided that for this period of his life it's time to step back from being a deacon and he's going to focus on the Queen's Crescent GC and among other things. And uh, so we just wanted to honour Dave and thank him for all that he's done. news we've got to say goodbye to a couple of people James and Verity are you here would you like to come and join me up come and stand up here James and Verity so uh, for those of you that don't know this is James and Verity Greg (laughs) Um, they (laughs) hello 
lovely couple. Uh, so they've been at Rev pretty much since the beginning. Uh, really, just helped the church grow from from nothing. To you know, all that you see now is as a result. You know, a lot of it is because of the the dedication and faithful work of these two, and they've just given so much to the church. Um, you know, the last things they were doing was looking after Sunday and then just implemented some great stuff. But they are incredible. Um, uh, incredible hosp- hospital cu- ho- hospitable couple. Many people can probably say that they've spent, you know, some great times with them and enjoyed their company and their cooking and their wisdom and their discipleship and their guidance. And uh, you know, I for one have benefited from having them around, and I'm sure many of you can can say the same. And uh, but for this time in their life, they feel God is calling them on. And in fact, they're actually going to be coming to here to uh, to St Luke, so they get the lovely building. Um, so we just wanted to. Uh, to be able to pray for James and Verity, I'm going to give them a chance in a sec just to say a few words. And uh, again, just to really honour them and thank them because they have really, you know, deposited a lot in Revelation Church and in a lot of the lives of the people here that, you know, they won't even see the fruit of all of it. But I know that it will, it will go on far beyond their time at Rev. So let's just thank them, first of all. Thanks, really. It's been an incredible uh, journey. Uh, it was back in 2006 that we uh, came and jo- joined 10 people in a little front room, and it's been an amazing journey. And it's been great doing church with you, and uh, you know, growing with you, and growing up with you, and uh, and doing life with you all. So it's just been um, incredible to see, you know, Rev go from this tiny little sort of, you know group of 10 to this amazing thing and to see what God's been doing and just to really see his sort of kingdom come in this area. It was sort of, we both, we were living down in Wimbledon and we um, just had a real kind of calling to see uh, God's kingdom come in this area and, and I, I just wanted to sort of say, you know, we're still doing that and we still want to be kind of seen as uh, kind of, you know, your brothers and sisters and, um, you know, we still, um, you know, want to be kind of regard as friends and stuff so um yeah um but yeah just a massive thanks and uh, you know you've all individually you know you know you've all done things and uh, and and been great helps and you know it's just been great doing church with you so thanks wow. yeah. Yeah. right uh, so again stretch out your hands we're going to pray for these guys yeah. lord we just thank you for james and Parity. we thank you for just the time that we've had with them, we, they've been such a blessing, Lord. They've been, been such an incredible blessing. And we just pray for them both, that they continue to, to know your blessing and go on to be a blessing wherever they go, Lord. I thank you that they just shine your light, Jesus. I thank you that they just, wherever they go, they're just going to display you. And I just, I pray that wherever, whatever they do, whatever they end up doing, Lord, that um, you would just remain close to them. We pray protection. We pray your, you would keep them, Lord. We pray that they would... Um, just increasingly know you more, that you would use them just to, yeah, just to impact those around, Lord. I thank you for their heart, 
for the lost. I thank you for their heart, for those around. I thank you that they are caring, loving people, Lord. And I, I really do pray that you just draw them close to you, that you just blow their mind by what you have in store for them, Lord. I pray that here they, they quickly feel part of the family. And uh, yeah, we're, we're jealous of, of the blessing that they'll be here, Lord. But we, we, we send them, Lord, we say, let them go with an incredible blessing, Lord. Yeah. We thank you. Thank you for them, Lord. But say, we, we send them with love and with blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and really be blessed here and be a blessing. If for whatever reason <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work out, you've always got a hold of us. Yeah. Yeah. few people up to kind of communicate this as efficiently as possible so if uh, Luke and Sarah could come up please Andy Kai come up come come up to the front <laughs> come up to the front Andy Ollie um, Jen Mance Tom Avery Jen you're gonna have to hold that over your face please and, uh, <laughs> We've got a few absentees in the in um, Deacaville. <laughs> so uh, this is kind of the landscape of um, training deacons and deacons. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of do a run along the line so that as a church you know who all these guys are. Um, so firstly, new news. So um, the lovely Ellis's here are going to be yes. They You know, Luke and Sarah did a fantastic job with the uh, Christmas service, did they not? Yeah. Um, and so we've asked Luke and Sarah to take on the role of overseeing Sundays um, as trainee deacons. So as from now, they're going to be assuming that role. Yeah. This is Andy. <laughs> So Andy doesn't really need much introduction. Um, he's been, you know, faithfully serving the church for years and years. Um, I guess we're recognising what Andy does in terms of his contributions for the church and for many of us. And so Andy too is now going to be going through a period of testing as a, a deacon, overseeing all things musical and uh, songwriting. <laughs> No change with Ollie. He is, he is going through his uh, testing period as deacon, acting deacon, I believe you called yourself, acting deacon of, of Mercy Ministries. Um, yes. Uh, Smell like the BAFTAs or something. Right. Uh, Foxy is currently on holiday in India. He is the current, he is an, a, a deacon of uh, prayer, just to remind you. Um, He's, he's looking up to the lovers. Thank you, Jen. Uh, then, yeah. That is his Facebook profile picture, so yeah, he chose that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't choose it. Uh, Tom has been going through a period of testing as a deacon overlooking Norta 18s. Uh, we are fully satisfied that Tom is uh, more than capable for the role, and so we are just going to pray for him today. He will be a deacon, uh, overseeing the 18s. 
want to, uh, this is a, this next slot is a real short one, um, I guess it's appropriate after talking about deacons, the word means to serve, just talk about serving quickly and really j- just want to say that um, with our kind of church, particularly in the sense that we don't have our own building and um, wherever we do stuff we've got to kind of turn it into a church for the moment, whether it's a Sunday or a family meeting somewhere or whatever, we've got to turn it into something that's functional. It just takes a lot of work, and we're aware of that, and I know that you're aware of it. So first, I just want to thank you all. Whether you're called deacons or not, I know that everyone serves, and, you know, week in, week out. I just want to thank you and just let you know it doesn't go unnoticed. It's so appreciated. Um, all I really want to say now is that we value you for who you are more than for what you do. And so, we just, I just want to say on, on behalf of the elders that if, if you're serving in an area and you just feel like, you know, actually, I, I'm really struggling here, um, or it's too much, or just, just please do let us know. We really, that's okay. You haven't let anyone down and you haven't failed. We just want to meet you there and walk you through it. Whether that's encouraging you to persevere, because sometimes that's the right thing, or whether it's saying, you know what, there's just no grace on you for this at the moment, or you've just hit a season where you've got a lot of other battles going on in life. You need to just, we can help you through that. Please, I just want to ask you to not feel afraid to do that, because otherwise, what can happen is, is that suddenly you hit empty, and, and it's not really nice. I've been there a few times, it's really not nice. And we, we don't, what we don't want is to create a culture of burnout in the church. You want a culture... Where we of, of encouragement, love, and you know, just being able to help one another. So I just want to say, if you're in a spot of trouble, please do let us know. Please don't be afraid to do that. Um, you're not letting anyone down or failing. 
Uh, you, you're just human, like the rest of us. Um, I know there have been times in my life over the years where I've said to the guys around me, help, I'm in trouble now. Yeah, something's got to give one way or the other. And so if that's you, we just want to say that. We, we, we really don't want sort of the legacy of our church to just be, oh yeah, I was in Revelation for a while, I was, I was really busy. You know, we, just, we want people to come away with a spiritual, just legacy. God did some great stuff. And we may have been busy at times, but that wasn't the main thing in our minds. So we just want to communicate that. Um, is that cool? Yes. Yeah, just, just a bit of a pastoral encouragement and a, a bit of counseling. That's, that's all it is. That's my slot. Done. Rich. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Why are you bowing? I'm going to clap. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, great. Uh, there's a couple of things that you might have noticed over the last few months. Um, one is, as a church, uh, we've grown, uh, which is great. So there's lots of new faces around on Sundays, lots of new people to say hi to and welcome into the church. Um, and second of all, which isn't a new thing, um, but the venue we're in as well is a bit, is, it's an open venue. Um, so there's loads of other community groups in and out. So you might be having coffee and, you know, you've got basketball players in and out and stuff like that, which does make it quite fun. Um, but I just wanted to give you a quick heads up on just a few housekeeping rules of how we can kind of best use this space as a church. Um, first of all, um, just watch out for your belongings. Um, I know we're all at church and everybody's very trustworthy and, um, you know, everything's quite um, above board and everybody wears their heart on their sleeve and all of that. Um, but the reality is, because it is such a public place and such a public space, it does make us quite vulnerable. So if you leave your handbag around or if you leave... Um, stuff around then just keep an eye because things might go wandering um, and I just want to kind of alert you to that just so that we're not naive um, and just make you aware of that kind of thing. Um, second of all um, obviously because it is an open space there's loads of uh, people that we don't know in and out, people that aren't part of the church, people that are part of other groups um, people often wander in trying to find something else um, so there is quite a lot of that go that goes on on Sunday um, if you see somebody just welcome them as you would anybody else um, welcome them as if they were coming to church. Um, so maybe, you know, even, even if they are a stranger, just make them a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter. Um, but just kind of be embracing of people and welcome them, even, and especially if you don't know somebody um, and they look like they're lost or something, just help them out. Um, which leads me on to my third thing. Um, if you see somebody that you don't know in somewhere where they're not supposed to be, um, just approach them again and just say, hi, can I help? Are you lost? You know, just be friendly. Um, Primarily what I'm talking about is kind of the kids' room. So where uh, our kids are kind of round the back of um, the stage where we, where we normally meet in the hall. Um, basically, those rooms should be essentially uh, like just sectioned off for kids, for kids' workers and for set-uppers and set-down team, um, just so that things can function as efficiently as possible. And I know often there's strangers in and out and a bit confused. And I know some of you guys are also looking for quieter places to maybe get some time to chat and or, or talk through things, or maybe to find a quiet corner or something, I just ask you not to use those spaces. Uh, basically, as we grow, it's harder and harder for us to, to, to observe everybody and, and watch ev everybody in terms of safeguarding and policies and things. So I just ask you just to treat those rooms as particularly as off-limits. Um, so even if you did see somebody, just approach them and just uh, ask if you can help or if they're lost or anything. Um, just really appreciate that. Um, and that's me done. Great. I'll tell you what.
Daniel and started to come and visit me. <laughs> Seriously. I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm crying, I'm like, wow. It's incredible what God's doing. Seriously. Are you around tomorrow, Sam? Um, you know, we're at home to get some love. Um, I'm here to talk to you about the week of prayer that we're doing from the 27th of January to the 3rd of uh, Feb. Basically, I'm just going to run through what it, what it involves, um, essentially why we're doing it. And the reason we're doing it is that as a church, we just want to get momentum. We want to capture God's heart. We want to capture what God wants to do in us, through us, um, through various things that are coming up throughout the year. So I think what it's about is actually us engaging with God in prayer. And, you know, in Matthew 7, it says, um, knock and the door will be open, seek and you'll find, ask and it will be given. So that's, that's, the, that's the idea behind it. So it's going to kick off on Sunday the 27th of January uh, from the pre and it will just start. And then from Monday to Friday, we're going to have a prayer meeting 7 till 8 every single day. That's Monday to Friday. And then if you can't make that, you think, I work, I'm a teacher, or I'm a nurse, I work long hours, etc. Then we've got a prayer meeting in the evening from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. That's going to be our Chalk Farm Baptist Church, and that's going to be every day, Monday to Thursday. Right? Right? Upper rooms, sorry. Yes. Yes, upper rooms. My bad. I got, I got, Friday was the Chalk Farm. So, sorry, I'll say that again. In the mornings, 7 to 8, it's going to be at the upper rooms. 6 to 8, it'll be at the upper rooms as well. Right? Except for Friday. Um, so, Friday is just going to be an extended um, edition. So, it's going to be our Ignite Prayer Night from tw- 8 till 12 uh, on Friday night. Right? Also, we're going to be over the place. Look, sorry. The, every evening of, that, of the week, there's going to be GC's meeting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to turn those meetings into prayer meetings as well. So, if you can't make either of the two prayer meetings during the day, then you can go to your GC and you can gather and you can pray with your GCs there. So the whole idea is that there's lots of opportunities for you to gather. If you can make all three, go to all three. That's great. Um, so coming back to Friday night, 8 till 12, we're going to go to the Chalk Farm Baptist Church and we're going to just pray uh, the, our hearts out throughout the night. And it's also the start of our 40-40 prayer. Our 40-40 prayer, basically Jesus fasted for 40 days. And we're going to try and replicate that by doing 40 hours. <laughs> Sigh of relief. <laughs> it's going to start 8 p.m. on Friday night, and it's going to finish 12 p.m. Sunday afternoon. So um, what I'm going to do in a minute is get Tuli up to get uh, the website and stuff like that. So um, that's Friday. And throughout Saturday, we've got uh, Chalk Farm. We've got the basement, we've got the office, and we've got the main hall. And it's open the whole day till I think about 10 p.m., for us just to go and pray together. Um, if you can, whatever hours you can make. I know as a GC, we're going for two solid hours and we're going for lunch afterwards. So if you can, if you can do it as a GC, if you can do it as an individual, just get to that, um, to Chalk Farm. There's three, three places where you can pray. So if you want some time alone, you want time with people, you've got loads of options. So the whole idea is that there's lots of opportunities to really engage with it. And then on Sunday, from 10.30 till 12, there's a prayer walk. They're going to start off in Camden Square, and they're just going to go out to um, Camden and, and praying for healing, praying to see what God wants to say to people, and just being on the front line. That's really exciting, considering the week we're going to be coming from. So, if I can get Thule. Thule. Can someone do the projector? Who's good at the projecting? We need a volunteer. 
Press some buttons, yeah. Go on, Mark. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Cheers, Adam. Um, Tuli, some, some, some of you may think, well, how do we know what's going on? There's too much information. Hey, you haven't made any sense, etc. Tuli's here to correct that. She's going to talk you through the special bit on the website. What's what? How do you find out what's going on on that day? What is the prayer theme that day? Is there a prayer video, etc.? Tuli, talk us through. and you turn on the presentation. <laughs> this is awkward. Awkward presentation. Oh. <laughs> I've got my own little screen. Okay, so this is the homepage. I've created a new section under Rev Life. Woo, it took hours, so you best appreciate. Um, <laughs> so under week of prayer, you'll find four sections. One covers the calendar, one covers 40-40 prayer, one covers the videos, and the other one is the prayer room, because I thought that it just needed four, and that was the only one I could think of for the fourth one. Anyway, so next slide, that's where you find it. And then the calendar is up there, is that, no, that's the home of the week of prayer. My eyesight's really bad, because my glasses aren't on. I don't want to, I can't, it won't record me speaking backwards. <sighs> Yeah, so that's the main week of prayer page, and there's all buttons at the bottom, which are the same as the ones on the side. Okay, next. Um, so calendar is up there, so if you haven't got a paper copy or you haven't downloaded the PDF, you just go online, and it's all there for you. Next slide. Great, and then under 4040, there's a sign-up button. Click the sign-up button. It takes you to this website where you click whatever hour you, or slot you want to pray for and <laughs> potentially fast over, but apparently we're having lunch as well while... Well, Praying and fasting. <laughs> 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 keep going, Tilly, keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, you just, it's really easy. You just type in your name and then... Next slide. Down the bottom will appear this little, would you like an email reminder so that you can remember that you've signed up for this thing? And then you just put in your email and it will send you a little thing before the day just saying you are signed up for this thing. And that's it. Great. <laughs> We'll be giving out paper uh, programs on your way out. So on your way out, there'll be a paper program given to you, which will help you really understand in detail the program for the week in case any of things there, you know, there's a lot of information. So just so please, on your way out, um, avail yourself of a program for the week of prayer so that you are, you're ready to really engage with that fully. Um, okay, brilliant. What I'm going to do now is just spend a little while talking about uh, where we feel in our heart God is calling us to go in terms of forward. Um, we've always been a little bit uh, nervous about making big claims about the future. The Bible warns us against it. It says, you know, you don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. So don't get into that thing of that kind of a proud disposition of assuming you know what the future holds and what you're going to do, etc., etc. So we hold that. You know, we don't know what a day brings. So everything I'm about to say is underlined or emphasized or has behind it in fainter writing, if the Lord wills. Okay, we just try it, but what we do want to try and do is just communicate to you something that we've, some things that we feel God has been speaking to us about, and to try and help you get your head around it yourself and some of the implications of that. Um, obviously, it's our heart to, to plant churches. We want to be a church planting church. I 
believe to some extent every church ought to be a church planting church. Um, but I guess that could, go, that could go in two ways. I suppose what could happen is, is that at some point in the future, we could just kind of multiply. You know, we started off with 12. We could multiply into 10 churches of 12. Now we could just do that. And um, that's one way of going forward. Um, uh, or five churches of, you know, 25 or 30, whatever. We could, we could do that, and it wouldn't be a wrong thing. And if God told us to do it, it would be a right thing. Um, it would be very different. It would take a lot of getting used to, but it wouldn't necessarily be a wrong thing. Um, I guess the other option is, would be to see ourselves as something of a, the phrase I would use is something of a center of life, out of which we can plant, and not just plant, but resource and support other, other, those church plants um, with prayer, with people, ministries, gifts, that could go in and support and help, lay foundations, teach, equip, um, financially, I guess on every level, really. And I think increasingly over the, over the last bit of history as, as elders, we've been feeling increasingly that that's something God's calling us to do and be, is to become something of a centre of life, whereby we can be very active in church planting, um, but in such a way whereby... Um, out of who we are, in terms of our DNA, what God's put in us, something can be replicated, and something uh, by way of multiplication. And um, I was, there's a guy called Keith Hazel, he's a Canadian guy, well actually he's born in Essex, but not very exotic, but he, sorry, Chelmsford guys, but um, <laughs> moved to Canada and uh, became a prophet, as you do, and um, he's a very old guy now, um, but wonderful, wonderful man, real eccentric. Really, I shared a hotel room with him once. He's a real eccentric. He threw a pair of earplugs on the bed and said, you're going to need them. Uh, he was right. And uh, <laughs> I walked in and he was sat there in his vest and pants eating, eating cheese and drinking wine. I was like, this is going to be fun. And um, it, it, the, I mean, he snores unlike anything you've ever heard. You know, he's a great guy. Um, but it was more like a firework display, the snoring, mixed with praying in tongues all through the night. <laughs> I was, it was hilarious. But... Uh, he walks very closely with God, and, and a couple of years ago, he just brought a word over me and just said, well, when we were first planting the church, I came across him in Denmark, and he just said, multiplication, multiplication, it's all over your church. And I was like, okay, fine, at that point, it's about 20 of us, I mean, okay, fine. Um, and then about two years ago, he prophesied again, and he, he started prophesying about an urban church planting school, which Julian prophesied about, about a year before, same phrase. They didn't, they didn't they, you know, it wasn't a conspiracy, it's a God thing. And... Um, he started saying, I just see, he said, it's not about techniques or formulas, it's about transfer of DNA. I see people coming along, being with you for a period of time, catching what it is, and then going to some of the darkest and most depressed places and bringing that joy and bringing that DNA um, to, into those places. And uh, just, we've been living with that and looking at that. And since joining with Mike Betts and the guys at Relational Mission, they were there when that word was brought. And funnily enough, they've been the ones saying, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And I've gone, I don't know, what am I going to do about it? And they said, well, you need to get on and you need to do it. So what we're looking at is we're looking at from September 2014 to just start this urban church planting school. However you do that. Um, but we're looking, we're looking to do it. And the way that we're hoping that that will work is that Numbers of people within our ranks will be a, will be a part of a training for a couple of years. Um, and also others from outside will come and join with us and be with us for a couple of years, during which time there will be intensive training 
um, uh, in terms of church planting. Um, part of that will be that we will put people on location in, if the Lord wills, it's bubbling away the whole time. But in locations, hubs, hubs of community life near us. So if you look on a map of London, you know, there are places like, for example, I'm just pulling places out of the air now, but there are places like Kilburn, uh, there are places like uh, Wilsdon, Neasden, uh, Muswell Hill. I mean, all kinds of places that aren't a million miles away, but actually, you know, they're, they're very much their own hub and their own community. We'd love to put people in those locations during those two years to carve it out, some of those people to stay there after those two years and actually, you know, be the, be, you know, become elders, etc., in that church. I'm sure for others, they'll come along for two years and then we'll go out to the nations, hopefully. So we, we want to do that, but I guess the question then starts ringing in your ears, what kind of church are you going to be? What DNA are you going to put into people? You know, you start suddenly thinking very soberly, well, what, you know, what are our strengths? What are the things that we need to really look at and work on? And so some of the thoughts that are going around my head is that, you know, I feel like we... The, I mean, I don't know about you, but just hearing that Mercy Ministry stuff at the start tonight it was just so thrilling, wasn't it? You think, wow, we're really, we're really tapping into something of God here. This isn't just activity, this is kingdom. And I think Mercy Ministry is really God's heart for the marginalized, God's heart for the vulnerable, for the needy is massive. And it's a strength of ours. I think that it's getting to the point where we could say, yeah, we, could, we, can, we can begin to at least, people can catch something. You haven't got all the answers. We really haven't. But people can catch something of that around us. Um, I think love, I think love is, the love in the church is real and meaningful and that, uh, we do love one another and um, o- o- always more to learn on that. But I think that's something that can be caught. I think community is genuine. Um, many people are doing life together. I think our gospel communities, again, it's all embryonic, finding their feet, but they're actually, there's something you get around that. It's, it's a really great DNA that can be replicated. I think our praise and worship is... Um, very powerful. I think we sing songs that are filled with amazing truth written in very uh, beautiful, fresh ways uh, with celebration and um, great, great music, uh, great melodies and harmonies. It's wonderful. I think the uh, preaching and teaching is strong. It's, you know, based in, very much rooted in the word and people, you know, seem to be very built up and encouraged and helped by that. And I think we're getting stronger and stronger in prayer. And I think these are things we can really be excited about. But and to be encouraged and for us to just take heart from and take encouragement from God about um, there's also some things that I think wow we, I'd love us to grow in this area over the next 18 months so that we can really pass on some of these other things too and these are some things I'd love us to just think about a little bit I think particularly I want, I'd love us to be able to grow in terms of uh, reaching the next generation so thank God for the kids club that's the beginning of something kids and youth need they need Jesus <laughs> And the vast majority are not being told anything true about Jesus in their home or at school. So I think that's an area we've really got to be praying into, looking at. It's a biblical mentality that you think way beyond your own generation to the next, to the next, to the next. And we've really got to get that. And, and I, I believe put resources behind that, put thought and time into that freshly. It's a massive, massive deal. So that's something I think also um, salvation. We want to be a church that's, that's actually able to say, hey, uh, imitate us. People get saved around us. Um, we've, you know, if we don't say anything about it, it becomes the elephant in the room. It's a frustration that we all live with, I'm sure. Um, 
It's a wall that we are going to continue to bang until it falls. End of story. Um, we are doing all we can in terms of thinking, praying, looking at things, trying to hear God in terms of is there anything wrong, anything we're doing, anything that's causing this, or is it just a perseverance issue? And whatever we hear from God, trying to adjust. But we just want to be absolutely sold out, single-minded, serious about that. So that not just people get saved, but actually that people that are, are among us are, uh, learn faith for salvation and for conversion. So we've got to win it, right? We've got to win it so we can help others win it too because God wants to save in this nation now. Absolutely believe that. So salvation. Um, the power of the Holy Spirit and the freedom of the Holy Spirit. Um, our roots are in the charismatic movement which came out of an overflow of the Holy Spirit. Um, my concern is, is that as time goes on, we become increasingly unconfident around the power of the Spirit. We've, we, we mustn't. We've got, we must. We are so rooted in the Word, it's not dangerous to go for the Spirit. Okay? And my observation is this. If anyone, any leader sounds even a note of caution about the Spirit to God's people in this country, everyone closes up. The church in Corinth were going crazy with the Holy Spirit to the extent they're actually being destructive. Paul does not throw one bit of cold water on them. He just teaches them to use the gifts well. We must press in to the Holy Spirit. We must believe God for fresh encounters and infillings with the Holy Spirit. Let me encourage you, if you've got a spare three hours, read through the book of Acts. Circle, underline, tick. Every time you find something that happens that could not happen without the Holy Spirit. And then understand, this is how God's kingdom advances. We need the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so we need to grow and grow in that area. Um, penultimately, I would say teaching and learning or discipleship, but I don't like the word. <laughs> Many people have had really negative experience in stuff that's called discipleship. But basically, a disciple is someone who learns. So just, I want us to grow as a church in teaching and learning. So as elders, we're going to be talking about that, looking at how do we do that. We're not going to just fit another thing in. Don't worry. I know we've got a full timetable. If we're going to build this in, other things are going to have to shift around. So don't worry, it's not another thing. But there's something in our culture that needs strengthening around um, those who are really good at certain things, who have really learned how to obey Jesus in certain areas, to feel the freedom to say to others and have the capacity and time to say to others, come with me for a few weeks, I want to teach you this. And also a culture where those who are weak in certain areas, as we all are, can find someone who's strong and say, please teach me how to do that. I want to learn how to pray like you do. Talk to me about your finances. How do you believe God for money? Tell me, about how do you talk to so many people about Jesus? I want to do, yeah? So we can actually help one another, which is the Great Commission, and grow together. We need to look at that in the next few months. And then finally, there's something around the arts and creativity uh, that we just need to grow in and grow in and grow in. Many, many artists across the church in the UK really struggle to connect with church life because the church is actually quite unimaginative and inexpressive. And artists are often quite sensitive people and all you need is a couple of jokes about dancing in leotards and the, and the artists are like I'm not going to dance I'm not, I'm not. we've got to watch it if, if the only time you talk about dancing in church is when you're making some little joke or something you've got to realise you're doing that a whole lot of people are thinking Blow that, I don't care who, does, who, who exhorts me to dance from the front this is a culture of cynicism and mockery no way we've got to grow out of it 
We've got to grow out of it. Because there's something in, in the heart of God. I mean, He's the creator. He created color. He created expression. He created beauty. If it's all truth and no beauty, you're just going to kill people. So we've got to grow in beauty. We've got to get it. There's something there. What you can trace a lot of the Baptist Reformation where the church was full of icons and people were really into worshipping of icons and images, all that images. And that was, and, and the reformers came in with, no, it's the preached word, rightly so. We preached Christ crucified. And, and so they cleared out everything that even smacked of anything kind of visually nice and uh, created ve- buildings that were literally just walls and ceiling and, and that's it. And God's looking to restore something about artistic creativity and beauty to the church. And we need to run with him on that and let him do that. Um, and it's, it's, it's just a huge thing. It's not, I mean, it, it is contextual in terms of where we are, Camden, you know, but it's more than that. It's a kingdom thing. And I want us to really be able to understand it and engage with that. So, guys, our hope is that we might, by God's power, become a center of life out of which we can plant many churches close by and to the nations and resource and help and model something to them. So I hope that your heart is gripped with that. I hope, but I'd love to just give literally a couple of minutes to any questions on that. I know it's kind of big stuff, and it's not. It's by no means a U-turn. It's probably just stepping back. And I think that's where God's taken us. You know, it's more a comment on that. But I'm really happy to just answer any questions on it. Rich. When is the dance workshop? <laughs> when is the dance workshop? The dance workshop is... The 23rd of January, 23rd of January, which is next Wednesday, which, in case you were wondering, you probably weren't, but I would have gone, but I'm in Norwich, but um, I was actually, I was a bit gutted, so please, well, I was, uh, part of the reason I'm saying it's actually a girls thing, because um, I think some, some, I think some guys do, it's not, it's not, and um, if it's not your thing, fine. But don't laugh about it. Otherwise, I might start laughing at you about your thing. And you won't like that. <laughs> yeah? Do you see what I'm saying? Don't do it. Yeah, if it's not your thing, that's fine. But don't laugh about it. I'm quite serious here. Because I think you, what you end up, you just kill something. You mustn't do that. I don't want to create an atmosphere where we're almost joking. I know we can have joke and banter. But I just, the dancers always get it. <laughs> and, they, and it's not... You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is there's freedom. There's freedom. We must, must really treasure that. Any other questions? Yeah. No, not at all. No, we want to try and we want to teach people to plant churches whilst working full time in a job. Um, yeah, we want to we want to teach people how to do that. I, why, don't, why don't I, why don't, I mean, that's, it's headlines tonight. I'm really happy. I've got, um, I'm going to be using July um, for study leave to really think, pray, do the stuff through. And in the autumn family meeting this year, can maybe do a presentation. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I can answer any questions, but in terms of padding much, much stuff out, you probably don't have the time tonight. Anthony. Part of the prophecy, planting churches in some of the darkest places. James. 
Yeah, could a gospel community become a church plant? I think, I think in God, anything can happen. And I, I think it's absolutely, um, you're always on the lookout for God doing things that you never planned or thought of. And if you ever lose that, you've lost something really precious. So if, if, if God breathes on a gospel community and you, it just, you know, everyone, elders, gospel community leaders start looking at each other saying, it seems like the Holy Spirit and us are concurring that something is going on here beyond the gospel community, um, then you acknowledge that God is doing that and we'll get behind that with all of our might, yeah. But what, I guess what, what we're not saying is, is uh, gospel communities are church plants. Yeah. Okay, I hope that's uh, helpful. I'm um, going to hand over to Rich for the money slot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're all so enthusiastic. Um, have you got my PowerPoint? There it is. Look at that. Great. Brilliant. I think that's probably the most enthusiastic introduction we've had to finances. Come on. Um, times are changing. Great. Um, yeah, so just looking at finance, so obviously when we last met in September, I um, think we'd just come through a bit of a tough summer really, um, and we were looking to kind of consolidate and stabilise a little bit throughout the autumn um, and try and make up a little bit of lost ground. Um, so if you want to flick over to the first slide. Um, so the budget that was set this year, so we run from April to March, um, so we're nine months through our year. Um, our budget that was set for this year is £218,370 um, and we began with about 21000 in the bank. Um, if we flick over to the next slide, uh, we can see something of our expenses and our um, income throughout the year. Oh, that, that's going to be pretty hard to, to read, um, but don't worry too much about that. You get the general idea. You can see the lighter blue um, lines are uh, our expenses, the green ones are our income. Um, you can see a spike in September. This is due to um, uh, gift aid that came back uh, during September. Um, you can see at the beginning of the year, uh, we were fairly consistently making a loss uh, every month. But th throughout the rest of the year, we've really started to pick up um, and level out on our average expense on our average expenses and income, which is really good. So, we've, um, so over the autumn, we've actually made up uh, quite a bit of ground. So if we go to the next slide, this is essentially a breakdown um, of our income. Um, you can see the, at the bottom there, the, the light blue ones are our standing orders. Um, essentially, standing orders just means we can plan much better because they tend to be regular gifts month by month, which means we can just look um, much more uh, well, conclusively at what we're, what we're getting in over a longer period of time. So then we, when we come to forecast for the next year, it's much easier to look at and much easier to plan um, and then budget accordingly. Um, if we flick over to the next slide, um, so we're nine months in. Um, so our expenses at the moment are at 151000 and the total giving up to this period um, and any extra gifts and things um, for, uh, like gift aid and things like that um, come to 139,000, um, which leaves us with a whole of about 12,000 from the, the year start. Um, now, at the moment, we are waiting for a gift aid to come back, which is coming back at just well, it's, a, it's just over, it's about 10,500. Uh, we'll actually make up most of that. So actually, we're sitting pretty much um, on an even, uh, which is pretty good for nine months in. Um, what we're hoping to do is kind of see the month out in a much stronger position, uh, see the year out um, in a much stronger position so that we can actually make some serious ground um, going forward. Let's flick over to the last one. 
Um, okay, so uh, what does this actually mean for us in terms of budget, in terms of income, in terms of how we're actually doing? Um, so at the moment, our income um, is currently about 7% under the budget. So if we finish the year um, as we have done for the first nine months, we'll all come in 7% under budget. Expenses will come in about 5% under budget, um, which is actually quite good uh, when you think that our budget is set at 218,000. So a difference of about 5% is about, um, well, five to 10,000 pounds, and that sort of figure. Um, we're in a much better position than we were in the summer. I'm um, just looking at it on paper. We, we, we seem to be much more consistent um, in, in uh, surviving. Um, but we want to make significant ground going forward. Um, I just want to mention two things, really. Um, you might have noticed that on Sundays, may, I mean, maybe you've just started at Rev and you've only just started giving, um, but maybe you've been around for a while. Um, I just want to point out that every Sunday, when we, when we pass around the offering pots, we we ask those that all make standing orders to, to, to pray over the pot as it goes round. And that's not, that's not just something that we do kind of because it's a nice thing to do and we're churchy people, so we're nice. Um, but actually, it's, it, it's a part of engaging our heart in actually what we're doing. It's a part of engaging who we are, what God's blessed us with, and then giving from a place of worship. Um, what that means is, um, you know, very often it can become a bit of an electronic thing that just happens and the pot comes around and, you know, you're just fumbling or whatever and it just passes you by. But I just want to encourage you just to, it may be that you've been giving for a significant period of time and you've never even thought about having a review um, or just looking back at your finances and just saying, well, how, how, how is everything portioned up? Um, I know Tanika, my wife and I do it. Um, at, at the start of the year, we just do a breakdown of what's going on this year, what, you know, where we're at and things like that, how much we want to give is a part of that. It's looking at everything and kind of, you know, how much do we want to invest in um, as a couple and how much are we prepared to give um, and are we committed to giving on a regular basis. Um, so I just wanted to raise that and just encourage you to maybe review that um, and just have a look. It may be that some of you have been through a promotion or two promotions or, you know, and you've never really looked back at that. Um, but I just want to encourage you to keep on the stretch in terms of faith. Um, keep the faith levels up, keep pressing into God and keep believing him that he'll provide everything you need, even as you give and as you, as you lay stuff down before him. Um, and then lastly, I just want to talk a little bit about the next sort of period, as it were. Um, this period that I'm talking is about 18 months. Um, I guess it will pro I mean, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really realized it until Steph mentioned that, but it will probably look like it will, 18 months is about up to when the urban church planting school might start. Um, so it's kind of that sort of period that we're talking about. Um, what we're going to what we're going to look to do is essentially just stabilize our finances. If you know anything about our history, um, and I'll happily tell you if you want, um, we've tended to, to, to ebb and flow um, and occasionally from time to time from kind of crisis to crisis a little bit. Um, and, and what we really like to do is actually stabilize ourselves. Um, God's spoken big things over us as a church about being a resourcing church. Um, and so a big part of the next 18 months, we'll be looking to, to, to build up not just savings, but investments and, and plans so that as a church, we can mobilize things, we can resource things, we can um, do stuff that God's called us to, and we can continue to move quite quickly, even though we're quite big, we can actually um, provide um, funds and budgets and things so that we can actually, as a church, do all that God's called us to and fulfill the vision um, that is placed in our heart. Um, 
that's, that's it from me. What I won't do is I won't take questions because there's, there's just going to be a couple of announcements that will come after this that kind of have implications kind of for this stuff. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Steph now, but if you do want to ask any questions, then please do come and find me at the end. I'm happy to talk through everything. I've got all the figures. Um, I, you know, I can talk, uh, well, maybe not till the cows come home, but I can talk a good while if you want um, about it. Um, so do please come and ask me. This, I, you know, we see this very much as, as family finances. This is, this is what we are doing. This is what you are invested in. This is what we are invested in. This is what God's doing amongst us. Um, and so do please take ownership of that and come and find me. Stefan. He's good. He's good, isn't he? Wow. Didn't Hazel do well on his first eldership slot? Hey, hey, hey. Great, man. All right. So no, no massive... No massive steps in terms of finances, you know, and, you know, unless we get angels visiting and thunder things, and or, <laughs> unless we get anything really dramatic, no massive, huge steps for the next 18 months, because, you know, we recognise that we've got some lessons to learn um, by way of just stabilising and all of that. So that's that's definitely the idea there. However, a few changes and a few things to comment on that may be, um, of, well, that will be of interest to you. We, um, from January, um, Relational Mission, which is the apostolic sphere that we are part of as a church, uh, has asked to take me on a day a week um, uh, for, um, for helping with their leadership training development. So I'll be given a day a week, well, I guess from the new year, so I've started already, um, where I will be working alongside Goff, who came to visit us the other Sunday. Goff leads the uh, uh, leadership training um, program for relational mission. I'll be working alongside him, really uh, teaching, training, and equipping future leaders across the churches in the sphere. And so uh, that's great. They've been very generous. So they've not just kind of um, paid for a, a day in terms of the salary, but also paid, uh, in a sense, um, a day in terms of the church house. Because obviously the church released me through salary, but also pay for the, for the church house. So, so RM have really, you know, really gone for that, uh, which, is, which is brilliant. Um, uh, and some of that, obviously, some of that money we will use to just help stabilise. But some of it, we, we, I think, actually, no, we want to keep investing in people. Okay? Because it's a bit, right, we've got some back, okay, we want to use it to invest in people. Um, but it's, no, it's not a big financial step in any way. And um, we want to invest for a year. We want to, we want to release Andy Kite to do a day, a week, for a year. And I want to explain to you why. Um, many of you probably won't even realise it, but Andy will regularly give a day, a week, if not a heck of a lot more, to coordinating bands, to songwriting. I dread to think the amount of hours given to the carol service and the amount of forgiveness and love given to him from Sarah um, <laughs> during that season. Um, the man just pours himself out, really, in terms of what he feels God has called him to. We have been so blessed by him. And we are, we are, we continue to be so blessed by him. I mean, he's flipping down a personal development program for every musician in the church. I mean, it's just incredible. And as elders, we want to honour him we want to just esteem him and say, mate, we recognise what you're doing, but also invest and say, keep doing it. We want to help relieve pressure financially so that you can do this because actually it massively shapes 
who we are as a church. I think it's quite a common observation. Many people say that a church's theology is shaped more by its songs than its sermons. And um, I don't know if it's true, but what I do know is, is that probably a lot more people on Monday morning are singing songs that Andy's written and then they're quoting things I've said. And, <laughs> uh, unless, I'm, unless I've got it wrong, you know, who knows? But um, I'm sure I'm right there. And we, so we want to just, so what, what we've really wanted to do is just to be able to say, Andy, we just want to honour you, thank you, bless you, and really create an environment where you can carry on doing that at least for a year. Now, many of you will know that Andy started uni doing uh, a music degree. Um, this year, so there's other things coming into the mix, but we really want him to, to be able to do this. At the end of the year, we're going to review it. Maybe we'll look at one of these other areas that we want to grow in, that we spoke about, the next generation, Holy Spirit's power, the, uh, and, you know, and, we, and there's someone else in the church. We think, actually, let's release them for a year to give some time and to develop things. But we want to maintain a kind of a, a sharp, investing in people, releasing ministry, edge to the church, whilst not spending money we haven't got we have got some so we want to keep investing in that area and so that's what we will be um, doing there we're excited about it Um, we're all thrilled Um, but what one thing I want to say is this it's been my observation over the years is that particularly musicians um, often because their contribution is harder to measure than lots of other ministries. They often get overlooked and end up, actually end up a lot of time getting fairly stitched up financially. And um, I know Andy's not the only musician in the church by any means, so please, other musicians, hear me in this. But there's a responsibility he has by way of coordination and putting things together that we just want to actually honour. And um, if you read through your Old Testament, what you realise is that a lot of the first things they get in place is the musicians. And the Levites were often the musicians and they would release those guys to do that stuff full time a lot. And, you know, we're not doing that by any means, but we really want to get behind it. And I want to just encourage you to encourage Andy in that and to bless him and to pray for him in that. That God will really uh, give him great, you know, great liberty and joy in, in well, I guess, continuing to do what he's always done really, but with maybe a little bit less, a little bit less financial pressure hanging over him. Um, so we'll review it at the end of 2013 and we'll let you know... Um, whether we think it's the best idea to keep Andy on for another year or whether we think it's the best idea to invest in another area of ministry. Um, so that's that change. Really happy to um, answer questions, not publicly, of course, but come and see me if you want to talk about that. That's fine. The other thing is this, is that some of you will probably know that New Frontiers gave us £75,000. Some of you might not. But New Frontiers gave us £75,000. They particularly ring fenced and said, this is towards housing for an elder in the church. Um, which is great, amazing, sublime, and yet, uh, where we live, not enough for, us for a deposit. So, um, what, what we're wanting to do is not, by any means, start saying, give more, so we can get more money for a deposit, but we, we, we want to say this instead. We, we want to open a housing fund whereby any of you in this room who you have big money that you want to invest... I'm not talking about regular giving out, but you actually have big money you want to invest. Or you know people or are related to people who have big money that want to invest. You can begin mulling that over in your mind now. What we really need is to match that 75,000 with another 75,000. That's, that's, that's probably 150 grand we could probably get rolling on a mortgage. Um, so we can, st- and the mortgage repayments would probably be similar to what we're paying 
in terms of rent at the moment, but obviously in 25 years' time it all stops and the church has got an asset in central London. Good news. So we would love to be able to do that as soon as possible. Um, and so we just want to sort of flag that up, really, and say, look, we, you know, this will be for some in the church. This isn't a, hey, come on, church, we're in. But for some, you just almost think, well, you know, I'm at, I'm at my max in that area, you know, or maybe I can review my normal giving and up it a bit, fine. But there's almost another realm to your financial life or another pocket, if you like. And you think, actually, I've, I've got big money there to invest and please, we'd ask you to prayerfully consider whether you want to engage with us in that. And then finally, just to... Um, Rich has done some great new forms, which are amazing. Check these bad boys out. So, this is the uh, Revelation Church giving standing order forms, which in the past have just been regular standing order forms. But now, just to say, we've, we've um, added into it 245. 245 is our fund. Uh, it's a separate account. It's part of the church, but a separate account, and it's to help those in need in the church. It's not an out thing, it's for the household of God, for the family, people that are in need. So if you're in the church, genuinely in need, you can come and speak to, is it Ollie? Are you the person for Ollie? Gemma. Gemma. Where's Gemma? Gemma. Keep waving, everyone look around at the woman waving, that's Gemma. Gemma looks after the 245 account, she'll meet with you and talk through, you know, can we help in any way? But if you have surplus money that you want to give to that and the details are there and also um, for the house house plans the housing fund there's the details there so um, does, does anyone need a format you just need one anyway you actually have you, you need now's a good moment for a standing order form we've got something to give away if you need one anyone they're the new snazzy ones no you, yeah it's all shut uh, okay we've got some guys lined up to do that rich yeah so tom wants one and it's all shut Anyone else? James Slater at the back there. Any others? Yeah, I see. Yeah. I knew you was excited, really, you lot. You were playing shy. But um, they're great forms. Done a great job. Uh, okay. That is that. I'm now going to finish on Love Candon. Which is our, our yes, our outreach week in um, in May. The dates are the 17th to the 19th of May. But they've changed, I hear you say. I know they've changed. The reason they've changed is because we realised that um, the weekend we'd planned to go away on was the weekend after Pentecost weekend, which is when churches do stuff together. So we've moved it to the May the 17th to the 19th, Pentecost weekend. New Life Church are up for it. Chalk Farm are up for it talking to St. Luke's to find out if they're up for it. It's going to be a wonderful time. Um, the, 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 there, are, there are wonderful and brilliant and exciting plans afoot um, that I'm just meeting with different administrative people at the moment behind the scenes before we can bring you the full package. But just wanted to get the dates in your mind. Friday night till Saturday afternoon will be the, will, will, will be the plan there. Um, so Saturday will be the big full day where we all do stuff together. And um, we're looking at a mixture of reaching some young people, creative stuff, uh, artistic stuff, and out on the streets things. We're looking at a Friday and a Saturday event, a venue, big event, where we'll um, get talents on display for the glory of God and, and talk about Jesus. And then we're looking at, let's do something big all together as, a, as churches on the Sunday. It'll be a very exciting weekend. Uh, so just at this, at this stage, if you could simply 
mark that slot out if you're able to in your diary that would really help us because uh, it would be I mean if all if all those churches get involved and good numbers it could be like three or four hundred of us which would be, just be amazing to do that together in good heart you just sense God's blessing all over that so that's love Camden can't answer much more on that at the moment so just working really hard behind the scenes ironing out some stuff so we can give you some really good answers but those are the dates is that okay brilliant I think we're done who's got a really good prayer in them to finish us off don't do that no one puts your hand up thing that's really it's not cool you're doing it great thanks Joel yeah, God, thank you, Lord, for the, for the exciting things what, um, what we've been talking about today, Lord. Thank yeah. you, Lord, for the family at Revelation, Lord. Thank you for all the things that, that you're going to do, Lord. We, we just say we're in faith for what you're going to do, Lord. Um, we, we pray, God, come and change Camden. Yes. Come and change Camden in the name yes. of Jesus, Lord. Come and, Please, come and Lord. bring salvation, Lord. Come and Please, save those people and, and impart more of your, your glory into this place. We, we say in yes. Jesus' name, Lord, come and be with us in a, in a week to come and the weeks to come, Lord. Come and... Give us people to share the gospel with we yes. say in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we love serving with you and love being with you. And um, thanks so much for coming tonight. God bless you as you go.